just in case I forget. Well, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, microphone. <laughs> there, I'll use this one. That's much better. So, tell us where you went and what group you were with and, and those sorts of details. All right, so this summer I went with a group called Teen Missions. They um, send teenagers on short-term mission trips, and uh, you start out at boot camp in Florida for two weeks, and then I went to Zambia in Africa. So you were in Zambia most of the summer, is that yeah. right? Okay. And so what was the basic, just, I know we'll talk about it in more depth in a minute, but what was your basic project when you were there? Our basic project was to drill wells for people in remote villages that didn't have water in three locations and to um, clear soccer fields. All right, so you didn't do this work all by yourself, right? No. It wasn't just the Sofia Perez show. <laughs> so you were part of a team. Tell us yes. about your team. Um, there were 20 teenagers on my team from 13 to 19 years old, and um, they were from all over the U.S., mostly around the edge parts, and some from Canada, and one boy from Cameroon, Africa. From Cameroon, Africa. Yeah. So you had some Canadians and yeah. people around the fringes of the country. Is that what I? Yeah. Okay. Did you have any leaders? Yeah, we had four leaders, uh, two head leaders, <laughs> and two uh, assistant leaders. You know, I never asked that question when we met the other day. No. Yeah. So your leaders were good. You enjoyed. Yes. Them. They, they were did, very good. They kept you all safe, and every, yes. did they bring home twenty out of twenty? Yes. No, not twenty-one <laughs> or nineteen. <laughs> That's good. No, we so, smuggled an African child and we took them home. Okay, right. We won't, that's not, we'll strike that from the video record. <laughs> <clears throat> so, did you, being part of a team, did you always get along perfectly all summer long? No, not what? always. It, we had some difficulties sometimes. There okay. were conflicting personalities sometimes, okay. but... Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, there were some challenges mm -hmm. as being part of a team. So... Uh, through all of that, what, what were some lessons or things that you learned just from being part of a team? I learned how to try to get along with different kinds of people, how to talk to people that are different from me and learn more about them. And it could be difficult sometimes, but it was good to learn how to do that. I think most everybody in this room would say those are great lessons to take with you for the rest of your life. So... Obviously, when you spend that much time together uh, for a whole summer, you probably made some good friends. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, out of 20, I made a few really close friends. We still keep in touch and text call sometimes. And I'm really glad that I made some close friends there. Yeah, you have all that shared experience mm -hmm. in, in working with those people. And so you mentioned boot camp. Yeah. And um, actually, I, I missed the first picture. Let's show a picture of your team. Yeah. There it is. Is that all 20? Yeah. Or is that with uh, one extra that you said? No, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like before. Is this like at boot camp? Yeah. This is um, every morning we would wake up at 5.30. We had 10 minutes to get dressed and get 5 ready. 5.30 a.m. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just some of you who don't know that that time exists on the clock, 5.30 a.m. Yeah. And we had to get ready in like 10 minutes or we'd get uh, in trouble and um, have to work during our free time. And we um, 
This is at the obstacle course, which is the first thing you have to do in the morning after you get up and you're really tired. So you get up, mm -hmm. you have 10 minutes to get ready, yeah. and then you do an obstacle course. Yes. Okay, so walk us through the obstacle course. Uh, first, you, um, there's, you have to go through this bus and do, uh, like there's this abandoned bus thing, and uh, everyone runs into it from the back and sits in the seats, and we have to do a count off because we each have numbers, um, and we have to go do that as fast as possible. Then we take these crates, and they have the books of the Bible written on them, and we have to arrange them in order. And after that, we have to go over this like hill thing that they call like Mount Sinai, I think, and then over the slough. Uh, that just, sounds like it could be muddy. Yeah, Is that it's, muddy? it's okay. really muddy. It's yeah. just a big pit of dirty water, and if you fall in, you have to walk around in the wet clothes all day. Nice. Boot camp. <laughs> then we have to go over a really big net ladder and climb over. That's a 12-foot oh, right. <laughs> um, wall, and we have to push each other over it. Okay. And then we're done. So you do this tired. as a team. Yeah. So it's like a team-building exercise. Mm -hmm. Okay. So all of this... At boot camp were things to get you prepared for just functioning mostly as a team? Yeah. We learned how to, like, do projects. Like, we learned uh, how to drill wells at boot okay. camp, how to spread the gospel in different ways, especially since we would be going into places with different languages. Right, right. And so that was, we did rallies at night and with music and stuff. Okay. So what was the most challenging or the hardest part about boot camp? There were a lot of mosquitoes. <laughs> mosquitoes. And you had to sleep in a tent, ever, and at night it was like 100, I don't know, it was really hot. And well, it was where, in Florida? Yeah. In the summer? Mm -hmm. We don't need to say anything else. Don't go to Florida in the summer. I got summer like 70 time. bug bites 70. on each arm. That's a 7 and, like, and a 0 put together. Yeah. At one time, Yeah. you, you counted. Mm-hmm. Could you sleep with that many? No. Yeah. So you had lack of sleep. You got up really early, and you did this obstacle course, and you worked hard all day long. Yeah. Boot camp. Were you ready when you went? Yeah. Or were you just plain tired? Were both. You, you were both. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, they push you to the limits, just, you know, so that you know that you can handle it. Yeah. And you can function as a team. All right. So... Uh, tell us about your travel. So you went from Florida to Zambia. How, like, what were your flights? How did you, and how long did it take to get there? We, um, it took about a, like two, maybe three days to get there. We went and took a flight to D.C. and then Ethiopia and then to Zambia to a tiny airport there. Okay, so several flights. And mm -hmm. how long did it take? Did I'm... A long what, time? The longest flight was 18 hours. Okay. I know your mom had like a flight tracker, like the whole way. <laughs> and so we had re uh, regular updates, and here's where Sophia is at all along. I didn't so, know that. <laughs> now you do. <laughs> That's what mom and dads do, right? <laughs> when their kids are away, a uh, long way away, we like to know where they are. And um, so it was good for us as a congregation because we could follow along and and with all of the updates and we could pray for you and kind of get a window into some of the things that you were doing. So when you arrived there, what was it like when you arrived? When I arrived, 
um, the first thing I noticed was that, like, I thought it would kind of be, like, not as much, like, as, I thought maybe it was kind of a stereotype when, like, people always picture, like, planes and all the, a lot of huts and stuff, but I thought that might be kind of less like that. I kind of expected that, but then I got there and I realized that it was exactly like that, and I stepped into a plane with this huge tree that, like, looked like it was from the Lion King or something. Wow. It was like, wow. oh, this is, like, I thought it would be, I yeah. guess. Tell, tell us about this picture right here. So we... Um, this was, like, right after you arrived, right? We took... Um, it was pretty close to the beginning. We, um, uh, we took a 12-hour drive to this little village uh, called Lake Mueru, and this is... We're pulling into um, the area where we're supposed to be working, and these kids from the village started coming out of their little houses and chasing our bus. So this picture is taken out of the back window of yeah. your bus? Uh, yes, I was in the very back. You were so in the back row, mm -hmm. okay. And so I got a pretty good view of the kids and they were adorable chasing our bus. Right, right. One of them decided to hop onto the back of the bus and cling to it while we were driving. And we called up to our leader, Steve, and we were like, Steve, um, there's a kid clinging to the back of the bus, and he goes, okay, no lo more looking out the back window with the kids. And I was like, he's right next to my face. He's right, right here. I'm, you're supposed to I'm ignore like, him. <laughs> Did he hop off or? I don't remember if don't he hopped remember. off or if he fell Something off. happened. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually he wasn't there. <laughs> he tried to join your team. Yeah. Okay, okay. But this, that was not the one that you were talking about. Okay. <laughs> okay. So tell us about your project. So this is a picture that you had. Uh, yeah. So this, is this two pictures, one on the left and one on the right? Yes. Okay. So um, we started drilling pretty soon after we got there. I was surprised at how fast. Like, I think it was, we got there in the afternoon, and that's pretty much when we started drilling. I thought it would take more time to get settled in, but... We pretty much just started right when we got there. and So they had uh, this equipment set up and ready to go. Yeah. And they're like, yes, the workforce is here. And you got right to it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. We dug those pits and the pits in the ground. So the red machine is the drill. Yeah. Is that right? Mm -hmm. And then the, the picture on the, the one that you see on the left is one of the trenches. Mm -hmm. There were, we had a dig too, um, and we had a hose um, that we used um, to circulate water through the rig to okay. help us with the drilling process. So this picture here, again, the one on the left, that's you playing in the mud. <laughs> Is that right? Pretty much. Did you like uh, playing in the mud? Yeah. It, um, so we would take the water up through that hose down to this creek, and we so would that big fill, green hose right there. Yeah, on the picture on the right. And right. we would fill the tank. Um, and we would use that water to circulate through the rick to push up the dirt that we dug through. Okay. Um, and to, the dirt would come in and fill in those pits so that, uh, and I, like, um, someone always had to be kind of like clearing the um, gunk out of the bottom or all the leaves or whatever fell right. in so that it wouldn't get clogged. And you were elected to do that job? I was on that job most of the time. Most I was the on time. the rig. Right. There are several pictures 
And she's very muddy in many of them. So this is a one hard-working woman right here. It's awesome. Um, all right, so you were, you've, been try, you've been describing the process a little bit. And, yeah. and uh, so Sophia drew a picture for us uh, of how it's supposed to work. And so just real quick, walk us through that okay. diagram. So uh, I just thought it would be easier to explain why. It, um, so we would take water from a, the stream and um, circulate it through. It, we would, it would go down the pipe. That, that's the rig. Um, with on the, the left wheels. is the yeah. drill. And the pipe goes down and into the, we would drill and the water goes through the pipe. And, but when we drill, it loosens dirt. So the water we push through there pushes the dirt up and into the pits. And then um, that hose sucks it back up and around so that it would never get clogged with dirt. Okay, okay. So tell us about, you were gonna do three wells. Right. So, so we planned on going to three different places, three different villages, each more remote than the next, to drill wells for them. But then um, we had kept we kept on having problems because the drill bit would get clogged with rocks or dirt. Mm -hmm. So we kept on having to pull it up for a while, and so it was kind of slow. But eventually, like when it was close to the end of the trip, we um, it we hit an underground cave. And so all the water we were using to circulate suctioned down into the cave. And so we couldn't drill there. Right. We decided to move it 100 feet to see if, in the first place, that there wasn't a cave there. Because um, my leader told us that if we could go to the second and third locations, but if there was any chance we'd get a well for the people there, that he wanted to do it. And um, so that was our plan. but. There was a cave in the other place too. So with there being a cave there, what I hear you saying is that it didn't work. It didn't work. So how did you, that's, that had to be like a huge disappointment for the whole team, is that it right? Was really, it was really disappointing. Um, we, it kind of felt like we didn't get to do what we planned to do there. So part of your main reason for going sort of, well, it didn't happen. So how did, how did you personally and as a team deal with that kind of disappointment? We had some other projects that we were doing. Um, and um, like the soccer field, we cleared. Um, so is that, let's see, is that this one? Yeah. Okay, so this is a soccer field. Yes, so um, we had this large field that was uh, initially, it had like a, a bunch of huge mounds that we had to clear out, stumps, grass, a tree that was inside a termite mound. A, a termite mound. It was growing out cleared. of a termite yep. mound. And so we had to clear all this. Um, so we had been working on that also pretty close to the start. So we had did get to finish that. You finished this? Yeah. So what was your main job on this one? Um, we didn't really have a main job. We like I worked on stumps. We dug up mounds. Did you cut um, you said I think you said you cut a lot of grass and Yeah. Yeah. With a slasher thing. With a slasher thingy. <laughs> That's Watch what out. they called it. We have a slasher in our midst <laughs> and she's good at it. So you cleared this soccer field here. So you are the one in the purple shirt. Is that right? Yeah. 
always, you know, with uh, always being the hard worker that you are. So you did, you cleared the soccer field, and so they played some games on it? Yeah, the kid, kids. we were told the kids would play on it every day, every and they day. really loved it. We set up some goal posts with little flags on them, and awesome. um, the team played a game with the kids, and that was fun. That's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. You get to play with the kids. So then this next one... Um, you're working on, what are you working on? Benches. And, we made benches and chalkboards for a school that they wanted to kind of set up. Um, so, like, we made the benches and painted on wood for chalkboards with um, chalkboard paint. Okay, so you were able to help out a school and make mm -hmm. some equipment for them. Um, and it looks like, like... In the background, it looks like there's a bunch of kids hanging around. Is that, like, normal? Yes, all the time when we were drilling or doing that or basically anything we were doing, the kids would hang around. They also liked to... They weren't allowed to on the drill rig, but when we would clear the soccer fields, they liked to help us, and they were pretty good. They'd kind of, like, sometimes take the tools out of our hands and start working themselves. It's kind of a Tom Sawyer effect. It looks so interesting. They want to help out. Yeah. So, and then this uh, one other project that you got to do, it's a little bit dark, but yeah. th what is that? We, um, about 10 minutes away, there was another village, and they wanted us to build them a pavilion. So um, we only had a few days left then to be on the work project, but uh, we built the framework for it for them. And... Um, in about two days, it was, um, we mixed the cement for it and poured it down holes and stuff, and that was, it was pretty straining, okay. but it was So fun. lots of hard work mm -hmm. on this trip that you did a really awesome job at, but, so you were there to, to work and do those things, but you were also there as a witness. Right. So tell us how you were able to share the gospel. So this is me with my friend Dalen, and we're with, playing with these kids. And um, sometimes the witness we would do was just to play with them. To, we would play lots of games, and um, then we would sometimes, like, we learned a lot of songs at boot camp that we could sing. We did puppets, uh, dramas, and... Um, yeah, we did flip books, too, that would be in their language. Like, we had a like this little um, device called a saber, and it was like a little radio thing. And um, it told the story in their language that we would be using the flip books for. And we didn't know what they were saying, but it would tell us when to turn the pages and so stuff. So they listened to something, and you in got the prompt, language. and you switched the page. And, yeah. And they liked that. Mm -hmm. one, uh, one night, we put up a big screen, um, like a... And really big so they could all see it. And at night, we showed the Jesus film mm, of yeah. like for three nights. And on the last night, uh, hundreds of people accepted Christ. That's and awesome. that was really awesome to watch. To be part of that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty amazing. So probably something that we all want to know, being way over there, what did you eat? Um, usually when we were there, we would um, eat food brought from here. Like canned food. Um, Yummy. Yeah. <laughs> peanut had, butter. We ate a lot of peanut butter. They actually made really good food uh -huh. for us. Um, everybody really loved it. But um, 
So tell us about one, this. One, we went sightseeing, and um, we went to many bi like Bible schools, mm -hmm. and they hosted us there, and they made us um, their national food, which is called enshima. Enshima. Yeah. It's, is that the white yeah, mix that there? Look, it kind of looks like potatoes. I kind of thought it was at first, uh -huh. but it's like cornmeal kind of. Okay. It's, uh, it's cornmeal that's boiled in water. And um, then you take, like, you're supposed, you don't use forks and spoons, so you grab it. No and utensils. No, you smush it with your hands, and then you use it to pick up your other food, and then you eat it all together. So it's like clay, you make your own utensils, and. It's an edible spoon. Right, it's an edible spoon. Yeah. Yes, I like that. We need some of those. And we, they usually had like cabbage and some kind of chicken or beef. So it's cabbage there that, is that, is that more greenish or yellowish? But that's cabbage. And then, yellowish. so at the very top is some kind of meat. Is that? Yeah. Do you <laughs> I know think what it, it is? was like beef. Or oh, something. it was beef. Okay. They gave us chicken. So you one didn't time. have a rat. That was a different story. No, we no. didn't have okay. a rat. But I did see a kid once. Put stuff one in his pocket. He put a rat in his pocket. Yeah, and I, I was like, hey, what are you, what is that? And he pulls it out, and one of the translators nearby goes, oh, that's his dinner. And I was kind of like, oh, oh. fun. Uh, and then <laughs> he took it from dinner. the kid, and he goes, here, you should hold it. And I kind of stood there, and he's laughing at me like, oh, you're not going to take the rat? And I was like, we have rules against touching wild animals on our team. Right. <laughs> good save, good save, uh, yeah. It is one of the rules. You can get in trouble for it. Cause I'm going to be a rule follower. That's right. But good call, good call. I, it could have had diseases, and yeah. I really didn't want to touch it. So what's the weather like in Africa? Um, it was winter there. Um, so it was winter when you yeah, were there. Yeah, since okay. it's on the southern so hemisphere. So what does winter there mean? Uh, it was usually around like 70 degrees during the day. It was pretty hot, especially since we were working, but not as hot as I thought it would be. Right. And, but uh, at night, it got really cold, like 40 degrees, so and we cold. all slept in tents, and it was freezing. I'd wear a jacket, a blanket, <laughs> a sleeping bag, anything. Sometimes I'd put right. my clothes on my face not so, what because you my nose was so cold, but it was freezing yeah. every night. <laughs> So this picture right here, tell us about this. Okay, so one night um, there was this giant dust windstorm, and um, it was really violent, and uh, it was beating on all of the tents really loud. And um, my tent, um, I had a larger tent um, that I shared with three of the girls because um, most people had, a, like everybody else had a two-person tent, but we had to have a three-person, and it was bigger and less sturdy, so it collapsed on top of me, but not on the other two, just on me. Just on you. Yeah, and Lovely. all night, the, it just kind of, the tent on my side just kind of beat down on me, and... Makes for a good night's sleep. No? Not really. No? Okay. <laughs> and I woke up, I thought everyone's was doing that, but I woke up right. and it was just mine. Just you. <laughs> And they all kind of made fun of me until their tents started right. blowing away. Right, so this away. picture is tents <laughs> literally blowing away. Yeah. They all thought it was really funny that it was just me until their tents started coming out of the ground. Mm -hmm. So this was like, it wasn't normally like really windy, just this one no. storm that blew through. Yes. And um, 
there would be a little wind. One, yeah. um, so one day there was um, uh, this fire that started out way in the distance, but we noticed that it was coming towards us and our tent site. And so we all kind of got pretty nervous because... A wildfire. Yeah. Somebody had, somebody had started it probably actually to, like, um, clear a field. Mm -hmm. And it was coming, because a lot of people did that, and it was coming towards our tent site. And so we cleared, like, um, cleared the grass around the tent site so that it wouldn't, maybe, like, to make a break so that it wouldn't come through. Right. And I got really, really frantically, like, Nervous. working, yeah. clearing bushes and... They called me over to the well drilling because they were still working. Like a few kids were working on the well while everybody else was clearing. And I, in my mind, I was just uh, nervous because I didn't want to be working on the well while there was a huge fire coming towards right. our tent site. Right. And I just remember like I felt kind of out of like I didn't have any control. I like the wind was blowing and I realized that the only thing that between us and the fire was God. And that if, if the wind, they told us if the wind changed, it would probably run over our, our tent site. And um, if it blew the other way, it wouldn't. So I realized the only thing that was stopping that was God. And I felt really like, wow. We're not so much in control of those yeah. sorts of things. I yeah. kind of yeah. learned how much I need him. Like, mm -hmm. I felt kind of, like, independent mostly. Mm -hmm. Like, I could do things by myself, but... Sometimes I knew I needed him, but I didn't really know it in my heart as much until then. I was like, right. I really need him more than I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. So did you got to do some sightseeing? Yeah. Um, so we got to go on a game drive um, and see the, some giraffes, elephants. It's a wildebeest. And on the left side, um, that night we got to see some hippos on like a little, sh we went on a little boat ship cruise kind of thing uh -huh. down the Zambezi River and uh, we saw hippos and alligators and That's awesome. that was really fun. And then you got to see this. Victoria Falls. That's stunning. Was it that, was. I mean it's stunning as a picture. I imagine just being there was incredible. It was. It was all this mist was coming up and um, like and it was on us so that was really nice and um, there were some monkeys running around there too. Monkeys just chilling at Victoria Falls. Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's bath time. Yeah. It's bath time. So after all this was done, you left Africa and came back to Florida, right? And you had a couple days to debrief. So what, mm -hmm. are, what are the sorts of things that you talked about at the debrief? Uh, we had, we talked, well, we talked about, like, they had these classes um, on kind of how to come, like, about coming back and using what we learned, but like also it can be kind of difficult after all of what you've experienced. Reintegrating with all of us yeah. and family. And, yeah. and um, so they kind of told us what to kind of expect from that, mm -hmm. what usually kind of feels like. And um, those were good classes to right. take for that. So you were telling me about you memorized lots of Bible verses over the summer. Yeah, we had to memorize uh, 40... Bible verses, um, so that at debrief, we were going to do a quizzing for them. So they did, you did a Bible quiz at the debrief? Yeah. Against uh, the other teams? Yes. Right. So there were like six teams, and um, we learned the verses really well, 
Um, some of us learned them inside and out. Some of us didn't really care as much. I learned them really pretty well. So uh, I was in the final quizzing. You usually, uh, for the first few rounds, you don't get to pick who's on your team. Right. They draw numbers. But on the last time, we got to pick because we made it into the championship. So your team was in the championship. Yes. And so what happened? We won. You won. And you yeah. were like the top quizzer, right? Yeah. This is the Bible quiz champion for summer 2019. That's awesome. We <laughs> celebrate that all day, every day. So last couple questions. Long summer, hard work, ministry, um, things that were exciting, things that were disappointing. How would you say you grew in your faith over the summer? When I went, I felt like I was going to do this big thing, and um, everyone was telling me how they were so proud of me and how I was going to do this great thing, and I kind of got a little prideful about that. I felt pretty mature about myself. And when I went, starting at boot camp, like... It was a lot of physical work, so I felt kind of weak compared to other people. And so being at boot camp taught me a lot about how to be humble. And especially since I was in a place where I couldn't do anything super, like not as well as most people. And sometimes I didn't feel, um, sometimes I didn't feel as close to God. I thought that I would more on the trip, uh, but sometimes I didn't. And I felt like I wasn't. I kind of questioned if I loved him enough or if I was good enough for him. And um, one of our verses was Philippians 1.6, which is being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's and right when I felt like I didn't love him enough or couldn't praise him enough, um, especially I would think about the cross and I would wonder if I knew if I could ever figure out what it really meant, how much it meant. Um, I felt down about that. But, and we would, we would go to these churches, and in the churches there, the people like, are so excited. They dance, and they're loud. and they, it's, I was just like, wow, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, do I love God that much? Mm -hmm. And when I would read that verse, I'd remember that no matter what I do or where I am in my journey. He's not done with me yet, and right. he won't be until he comes back yeah, or I so die. And that always comforts me still now. That's good. So last question. Would you encourage other young people and older people to go on things like this and why? I definitely would. Yes. It's, it was probably, it's one of the most amazing experiences I've ever had. You learn so much about God and through it, and you get to see things that change perspective, and um, you just grow a lot. You get to have a lot of new experiences, you get to build a lot of relationships that are really strong, and it's overall just amazing. I love what you said the other day, <clears throat> and it... This is notoriously what happens when people go and, and serve in a place is you went with the expectation like, 
I'm going to go and I'm going to do this work and I'm going to be a blessing to people. And you were sort of surprised by how much of a blessing it was for you in yeah. return. The, one of the mottos of Teen Missions is um, training tomorrow's missionaries today. And most kids go thinking that they're going to go and do this big thing for God and then it blesses them almost more. I don't know. But it's, it teaches you more than you thought it would. Well, thank you for going. I'm really proud of you. Thank you. And so excited that uh, you answered the call of God in your life like that. Thank you. And, and I know, because she has said it multiple times, that um, she's very grateful um, yeah. for all of the financial and the prayer support that some of you were able to contribute. Um, so I wouldn't have been able to go. I'm so thankful to everyone who supported me and finances by praying. It just, what I got to do this summer was amazing. Yeah. Well, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. That wasn't so bad, was it? You did awesome. <laughs> you. you did awesome. There, and I'll switch over to that microphone. So with the few minutes that we have left, uh, I did have a challenge for you today. I want to read you, I want to read you scripture, and I want to give you the message in just a couple sentences. Uh, we've been going through Psalms, and the Psalm that um, we land on today is, is one of the Hallelujah Psalms. We talked about Psalm 146 a couple weeks ago. Psalm 148 reads like this. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise Him in the heights above. Praise Him, all His angels. Praise Him, all His heavenly hosts. Praise Him, sun and moon. Praise Him, all you shining stars. Praise Him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at His command they were created, and He established them forever and ever. He has issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do His bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on the earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, a, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord." I think that covers about everything, does it not? Are you list people? Do you, do you make, do you write out lists? Yeah? Like, you know, there's so much stuff going on, there's, we need to figure out how to organize it. Are you, how many of you, if you do something that's not on your list, go back to your list and write it on your list and then check it off? <laughs> do you do, I do that. You know, like, hey, I, I need to get credit, at least credit for myself for doing the task at hand, so you add it to the list. 
How many of you ever get to looking at your list and it's so long that you have no idea where to start? You ever get to that place? There's so many things that are pressing in that you feel like you need to get done that it's really hard to engage with any one thing because you're having trouble prioritizing what comes first. You ever been there? I mean, we get to the end of we get to the end of a year and we, we usually we're in this rhythm where we start to look forward to what's coming in the new year. But there's usually moments where we just kind of pause and we reflect and we look backwards and we evaluate how our year's been. For some of you, the year was fantastic, awesome, great, exciting things happened. Mother Others of us in the room may just say, well, you know, 2019, yeah. it was okay. It was good. I made it, I made it through to the end. Some of you look back at 2019 and you're like, wow, that was tough. Like, I made it to the end. I don't know how I made it to the end of 2019. It just kind of felt like I went through that year and the wheels were just about to fall off. Some years are good, some years are so-so, some years we just want to forget. As you look forward, this, this is the time of the year where lots of people, they make things called New Year's resolutions, right? As you look towards 2020, if you make any New Year's resolutions, can it be this one? In the midst of all the crazy, in the midst of the busyness of life, when you look at your list of everything that you have to do, will you put a priority on praising God? Will you put God right at the very top of your list? And you might say, well, Pastor Dave, it's really hard to praise God when you look at just all the junk that's going on in my life. You don't know the year that I had. You don't you don't know what's going on in my life, my household. I've got so many things to do. How can I possibly put God right at the very top of my priority list when I have so many other things to do? You just, you don't understand. You don't get it. I, I do get it. I have a life. I've done lots of things. I, I understand where you're coming from. I get to manage church people. You can laugh, that's okay. <laughs> look, at, look around at us. You know, we're a motley crew, and um, I understand that there is a struggle to put God at the very top and keep him there because life just presses in, and we look at our to-do lists, and we can't possibly think, you know, if I spend 15 or 20 minutes praying or reading my Bible or listening to worship music right now, the laundry's not going to get done. Or the lawn's not going to get mowed. I, un I understand how those things collide sometimes. But I do know that you'll never regret the time that you would invest in putting God at the very, very top of your list and keeping him there. The psalmists understand real life. They understand the, the cruelties. They understand the junk, the pressure, everything. We're at, we just read uh, Psalm 148. And it we're 148 out of 150. 
And the first 147 psalms give us a real good picture of what life looks like, from the highs and the lows to the good and the bad, from the exuberant times of, of praise and excitement to just the doldrums of walking through the valley of the shadow of death. The psalmists understand real life, and yet they close out the psalms with five praise hymns. The psalmists put a priority on God. The psalmists always put a priority on finding our voice of praise. And so as we move into 2020, my simple challenge is this. Put God at the top of your to-do list. Wherever you are at in your journey, for some of you it might mean, hey, you know what, I'm going to start with five minutes a day. I'm going to read my Bible, or I'm going to pray. Uh, I'm going to do something for five minutes a day. Maybe it's 15 or 20 or, or whatever, whatever you want. Just start to do something and do it first and make it a priority. I don't think that you will find that as too much of a burden. In fact, I believe, no, I know that it will begin to feed your soul. And no matter if you're having a great year or a bad year, a good day or a bad day, when you take the time to read, to pray, to, to put God up here where he belongs, it starts to change your perspective and to feed your soul. And you know where the giver, when you are worshiping the giver of life, that it, it changes your outlook on everything that's going on around you in a way that will help you persevere and take the diligent steps necessary to get through each and every day. And that's my challenge. And I would want to ask the worship team to come back up. And one of the ways that... One of the ways that we center ourselves is by doing something that Jesus instructed us to do, and that's to gather at his table. And so I'm going to have the, the ushers come forward, and we're in the Church of the Nazarene, we practice what's called an open communion. And that simply means that if you have made a profession of faith, if you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior, that you are welcome to participate in, in this meal with us. And so the ushers, we're going to pass the trays, and I just ask that you'd take the little cup of juice and, and the, the little wafer and, and hold on to those. And we're going to sing a song, but in, in this time, would you just go to the Lord in prayer? And ask him to help you commit to making him a priority in your life as we step out of this place and, and into the new year.